This episode of the Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Data Center World, the global conference for data center facilities and IT professionals. Join industry colleagues in San Antonio from March 12th to March 15th, 2018 to discover solutions to real-world data center problems. Learn more at datacenterworld.com. Again, that's datacenterworld.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Data Center Podcast. I have with me today John Gilmartin, his VPN GM for Integrated Systems Business Unit at VMware. Uh, John, thanks a lot for stopping yeah, by. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Great. Um, so you have been at VMware for about a decade. Yes. So you've seen it all. You've been through the highs and the lows. Um, how can you kind of just reflect on that for a bit, where you guys are uh, now and... Yeah, it's, I mean, it's an amazing change in the company. When I joined VMware back in 2006, I think there were about 1,800 employees in the company, and server virtualization was still a pretty new concept in the industry. And you contrast that to now, we've got, we have 20,000 employees, right? And, you know, sort of the phase of the companies in now is so different than it was at that time. Mm -hmm. I like to think of it as, um, you know, server virtualization, that was phase one, uh, sort of the easiest value proposition in IT history. You know, 10 servers, one server is a pretty simple story. And you end up with, uh, today I think 80% of uh, applications run inside virtual machines. But as a company, so we've shifted now, we're sort of in phase two, which is all about software defined, you know, storage, network management, automation. And we're now making this transition really to become a cross-cloud company. Right? Really look at your know, public cloud is an integral part of our customer strategies. And we're really looking at how do we go make sure that we can help them from a consistent management, security, policies, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and so it's just a fascinating change to see how the company has evolved over that time. It it's, seems like uh, competition also is a lot uh, stronger today uh, for VMware, and there's a lot, you know, a lot more competitors today than when, you know, server virtualization was kind of at its height, you know, VMware was, uh, kind of superstar, I mean, you guys still are a superstar, but uh, what, what's it like from that perspective um, that you just, there's just a bigger pool of competitors now? Yeah, I think it's, uh, and I, you know, I think about it less of the competitors because the industry is, is so interesting now, right, between competition, cooperation, everyone says coopetition, but right? it's somewhat more complicated than it was back then. You know, back in 2006, it was pretty straightforward. It was, you know, you know, we had our hypervisor, you had Microsoft coming out with Hyper-V, and then you had open source, and that was sort of the whole landscape. And now sort of the choices that IT organizations face um, as they're thinking about their forward strategies are, you know, they have a lot more options, right? And that, you know, so think about how do you incorporate public cloud into what you're doing? How do you think about how to take advantage of more modern architectures for applications like containers? Uh, so there's just the, so the landscape has shifted a lot. Um, and that definitely means that we as VMware have to do work to make sure that we're providing value as customers and the industry is taking on and taking advantage of these new technologies. And so that does mean that we have to, you know, I, I like the Intel statement, right, that, you know, the paranoid survive. So we have to be very focused on, you know, what are the things that are important and making sure we're either investing in those or taking advantage of those. So, like, so which, which things give you guys the most paranoia today? Uh, you know, it's not so much, yeah, uh, you know, everything, because everyone paranoia, right? It's always about, are you, be, are you being relevant? Are you investing in the things that are important? And so what I'll say is the things that we think are really important to focus on and invest in right now, uh, one is clearly public cloud. Right? You know, that, uh, I think it's like two-thirds of our customers will say that multi-cloud is sort of their strategy in the future. 
and they're going to take advantage of it. Now, that, you dig into that, and we can. It's, it gets interesting, sort of the dynamics there. Uh, but that's going to be part of the strategy. And then you also, on the other side, um, you look at modern application architectures, microservices, containers, you know, cluster management, all these things are you know, super interesting changes in how people are designing their applications. And then meanwhile, you know, things like IoT, you know, I think you know, as much as we talk about cloud computing, th there's this notion that edge computing might kind of make a comeback with IoT and all the devices, right? And so there's all these interesting things happening in the industry, and it's important for us to make sure that we are providing value against all of those trends that are happening. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, sorry, uh, we'll, we'll move on from server virtualization soon, I promise. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> but you guys were almost uh, single-handedly responsible for this huge wave of data center consolidation. Yep. Um, can you talk about that, um, you know, this profound uh, impact on the market that you guys have had? I mean, I think it's pretty amazing to, you know, again, that simple value proposition, 10 servers to one server, but it, what people realized that it wasn't so much about the benefit really wasn't even just the economics of reducing your server footprint, right? The consolidation is, is great, um, but really the benefits of virtualization have been about providing that abstraction layer and separating the applications from the underlying physical infrastructure. And that's where the real benefits have accrued and people have realized over time. You know, first it was around high availability. Right? It was about protecting and keeping your applications running in a very consistent way without a lot of work. Uh, and then it became, um, about that kind of notion of agility. Right? The fact that you could spin up a VM in 15 minutes was an incredibly powerful concept. Now, of course, that led to what we like to call the day one to day five problem, or for a lot of companies, 30-day problem of, you know, provisioning a VM takes 15 minutes, but provisioning an application is still very complicated. You, know, you still have to think about firewall rules, you'd have to think about agents and you know, security policies, a lot of, you know, storage policies, a lot of stuff that goes into actually getting the application deployed. And so that's, you know, that's sort of, you know, first you have this consolidation, people save money and you know, provide availability, but the next wave is really about then how do I start to really take advantage of that automation opportunity? Mm -hmm. So it's, it's enabled automation. Yeah, it's enabled, right? It's, it's, you know, it is the, it's the starting point of being able to have a highly agile infrastructure, mm -hmm. right? Is, is having that abstraction, that virtualization layer. And now that opened up the opportunity for us to say, well, okay, so you can create a VM, you know, let's go help customers, uh, actually then automate all that, right? Let's automate the network policies. Let's automate firewall. Let's, you know, make network as, you know, virtualized as servers are, right? And that's, that's really what enables sort of this really rapid innovation opportunity. Yeah, and let's not forget cloud. And of course cloud, right? That's where cloud starts, right? The, yeah. the, the basic, the only reason cloud computing exists is because virtual machines, right? And that's what is the starting point for infrastructure service and even, you know, higher level services all make that assumption of the separation of the the app and the, the physical. And so uh, Dell EMC uh, merger closed, the biggest tech merger in history. Um, what's it like working for VMware under the new ownership, besides the fact that you have to fly to Austin every so often? Yeah, you fly to Austin. Uh, it's, you know, it's, it actually fundamentally hasn't changed very much. Uh, if I you know, think about it as a VMware employee, uh, you know, there was definitely concern. You go back a year, you know, you know what is this going to mean? Is our ecosystem strategy going to remain the same? But I, I think Michael Dell has done a fantastic job of assuring both the industry and the company that, you know, VMware's independence and strong ecosystem independence has been a, a root of the company's success, and it's very important to maintain that. And so we've continued to invest in that in the same way we were prior to the acquisition. But now we have the added benefit of uh, you know, having this much tighter and closer relationship with Dell 
itself with Dell Technologies, uh, which has a, you know, a distribution capability and reach into the market that is very powerful. And you know, whether you talk about countries or certain uh, segments of the market uh, where traditionally VMware didn't have as much presence. Mm -hmm. So I see you know, as a company and a business, lots of positive opportunity, but in terms of you know, how we go to market and how we approach customers and how we approach our partners and ecosystem, that hasn't fundamentally changed. Can you provide a few examples of uh, markets that VMware perhaps um, had a harder time reaching before the, this merger? Yeah, so I, I would think, you know, if, if you look at Dell, uh, you know, it's a you know, very large distribution um, uh, opportunity. And, you know, they reach down to, you know, smaller customers where traditionally VMware hasn't had a, you know, a direct relationship. And Dell has a very strong relationship with those customers. So there's getting down to smaller businesses. That's one. S smaller businesses? Like uh, what kind? Like uh, service providers or? No, just, you know, just take, you know, a smaller, you know, you know small, medium business, you know, small commercial enterprise, you know, company, um, which traditionally um, been harder for VMware to have a relationship with. That's a real opportunity for us from a business standpoint, right? Um, and VMware, I, I mean, Dell also has uh, some real strength in certain markets where VMware is, is newer, things like um, you know, high-performance computing, things like uh, IoT, right? Um, so there's really strong synergies in some of these areas where we can take you know, what we've built and go apply them into these mm -hmm. newer marketplaces. What's uh, VMware's HPC uh, play? Yeah, so we, you know, we have a, um, and, and that's a newer kind of opportunity for us, and there's a, yeah, HPC itself is starting to kind of merge a bit with you know, some of the other trends around machine learning and other things. And you're starting to see uh, more enterprises start to do you know, what you might class as a type of high-performance computing. Um, but it's not necessarily the same kind of you know, scale or um, you know, complexity of what some of the bigger higher ed uh, kind of research institutions have done. And so what they're looking for is an opportunity to have you know, a little bit more um, automation uh, a little more simplicity, um, and you know, there's real opportunity for us as VMware to go make it easy for them to go build those types of you know uh, scale out computing clusters. Right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about management tools for yeah, management tools, and obviously you know virtualization is a foundation, right? A lot of traditional HPC environments were, are still not virtualized, right? And so but there's a kind of what I call tier two, tier three set of high performance computing, which is ripe for virtualization and can benefit from the. Uh, automation capabilities that you can layer on top of virtualization. You know, for example, we see things like, um, you know, call it uh, uh, high-performance computing as a service, right? So, you know, you have a bunch of research, you know, a lot of small researchers who have small projects, and they can go to a centralized you know, service to go access infrastructure in which they can go do HPC. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's been, you know, so that's something that we really view as an interesting opportunity. And their um, performance requirements um, are, I guess, low enough, for lack of a better word, uh, to kind of accept that uh, performance, uh, maybe slight performance degradation that VMware, uh, that layer of, of virtualization and uh, automation brings. Yeah, so you know, virtualization, the overhead is tiny, right? But for very specialized applications, it can be, uh, you know, may not be a fit. And so there's always that 1% of applications. But if you start to get below that, you know, below that kind of tier one, you know, very intensive HPC, Type of environment you get below that, and you know it's a it's a great fit for being virtualized, and then that brings all those benefits okay. associated with it. So it works well for kind of it works your, well. uh, yeah. general purpose HPC. Yep, and that's where we see a lot of growth because it's expanding beyond the research community. Right? Okay. So, and your unit, integrated systems business unit, 
at VMware. Um, what is it? The whole idea of Integrated Systems Business Unit is we're really looking at how do we take a lot of these technologies, you know, this expansion to storage and network and to management that VMware's invested in, and how do we go deliver those as really simplified experiences for customers, both in building a private cloud on-prem, but also working with partners to go deliver 100% compatible infrastructure as a, so you can build a hybrid cloud. Right? And so our, you know, what we've done is we've built a, our primary product is something called VMware Cloud Foundation. It's one of the, really one of the pillars of our hybrid cloud strategy at VMware. And it's really about taking um, you know, compute, network, storage virtualization, NSX, vSAN, vSphere, and delivering that as a, you know, a fully integrated experience. So we automate the initial deployment and uh, experience of getting that, turning that into a cloud. So you go to hardware to private cloud in, you know, in hours, and then um, automate the entire set of operations associated with it, starting with, uh, we really focus initially on lifecycle management. So taking about all the work that our customers have to do around patching and upgrading and maintaining the system, put that into software, automate it. So really kind of the objective is to take um, processes that have been highly manual uh, and allow our, you know, the, you know, our administrators, our customers who today have to act almost like plumbers in terms of building infrastructure, get them out of that kind of day-to-day -day menial work and let them focus on what are the applications and services are going to build on top of that virtual infrastructure. So VMware Cloud Foundation um, is a product? Yeah, it's a product, and it's, okay. it's a product that you know, is, we deliver uh, on-prem, we sell it to customers, they buy that software. It's software that run on standard x86 servers, it gives you a scale-out architecture. Okay. Uh, but we also have partners like IBM, uh, who, and we've announced our partnership with, uh, with AWS, who uh, leverage the technology to build a compatible VMware-based cloud that customers can go to a portal, you know, provision out capacity, and then have you know exactly the same cloud foundation infrastructure that they could run on premise, available in the cloud mm -hmm. as well. So that's okay. So that's that's the on premises portion of the hybrid cloud that you guys yep. were talking about exactly. uh, with AWS last year, and um, I. Th I think you've recently made a, a similar partnership with Microsoft? So we, we made a different part, uh, announcement with Microsoft, um, which was around running um, virtual desk, vir uh, desktop virtualization okay. on Azure. Right? Okay. So that was this week we made that announcement. But on the, what Cloud Foundation was really focused on was you know, taking infrastructure as a service or virtual infrastructure and making that available both public and private. And so we're seeing a lot of success today uh, you know, helping customers build those private clouds with uh, Cloud Foundation by automating all that kind of day zero and day two set of operations. Uh, so they can go, you know, basically stand up a whole uh, infrastructure in a much more simplified way, uh, much less effort, and take advantage of all the power that software-defined storage and, and uh, network virtualization bring uh, so that they can you know, dramatically reduce the cost of operating that infrastructure. So would Cloud Foundation um, be a re uh, competitive product for Azure Stack for Azure Stack for uh, Microsoft. So I think if you, if you think about it in terms of uh, you know, Cloud Foundation provides uh, the compute uh, network and storage virtualization layer. If you then take our vRealize management stack on top, which provides automation, operations management, um, you know, business management, cost insight, etc. Take those two together. That really gives you a complete private cloud. 
and that would be, uh, you know, it's, I would think that's primarily what people would be comparing when it comes to Azure Stack. And, you know, that's where we have, you know, the strength of sort of our enterprise footprint and this now these very strong partnerships to go deliver that as a true hybrid experience and a compatible experience. So you can move into the public cloud without modifying a set of applications. So is, is the, is your current a cloud strategy, um, is the goal to, to partner with as many cloud providers as possible um, to kind of provide these hybrid solutions? Yeah, we do plan to partner with uh, more people. I mean, we have, I'd say about 4,000 service providers that run some level of VMware virtualization as part of their cloud offerings. Um, but when it comes to cloud foundation and sort of the high level of automation of that infrastructure, and being able to truly deliver it on demand as a service, we've started with IBM and uh, AWS. Mm -hmm. But I expect that, yeah, we will work with more partners in the future as well. So are you guys actively pursuing uh, similar partnerships with Azure and Google Cloud Platform? Uh, no comment, uh, but we are working, you know, we are pursuing efforts with multiple partners. And But right now our focus is definitely getting the VMware Cloud on AWS into the marketplace this year. Right? Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of excitement from customers about that um, and you know, a lot of buzz in the marketplace. So we're pretty excited about that offering. Yeah. And one of the interesting things I've seen um, as we've been talking to customers a lot about this is you know, what exactly are they trying to do with the public cloud? And you know, for a while there, I think if you go back a, while, a couple, year or two, people had the theory that public cloud was a cost play. It's like I can go reduce my infrastructure costs by moving to public cloud. And what I hear uh, consistently from every single customer I talk to is that's not the case. They all recognize that for you know, more stable, predictable workloads, they can run those more cost effectively inside their data center. Right? But they recognize that they will have short-term projects, bursty workloads, disaster recovery use cases. And for those, they are absolutely going to use the public cloud. And so that's you know, kind of what we've realized is that every single customer pretty much is going to end up having a hybrid, quote unquote, cloud strategy for the foreseeable future. Mm -hmm. It seems, um, and you mentioned this in the beginning, um, edge is um, kind of a new focus for cloud providers. Um, what's VMware's, um, I guess, strategy around around those edge, uh, this edge infrastructure? Uh, you know, so again, you know, we're an infrastructure provider, so we can take advantage of all the, the great things we've built around storage, around network to go deliver you know, out of the box uh, edge uh, services. And so we made some announcements last week um, around uh, some of the work we're doing around IoT and some projects that we've uh, developed to go help with the management of, you know, you talk about all these IoT devices out there, to go build an infrastructure that can be the part of the gateway and then you know, uh, collect data and provide management of those things, like patch and upgrade management. Building on some of the things we've open sourced, like um, you know, the, uh, I think we called it the little IoT agent, Leota. Right, so that's one of the open source projects that we put out there in IoT. And we can go you know, build some management capabilities on top of our infrastructure and leverage some of our AirWatch assets as well to go provide a management infrastructure for IoT, separate from you know, you know, the work that our partners will do, really about kind of providing the analytical tools of the data itself. Um, and so, and you were there, obviously, when vCloud Air was launched in 2013. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's safe to say it didn't go as planned. Um, can you talk about lessons learned? Um, obviously, what you know, the current cloud strategy, and cloud foundation. Um, maybe it's it's a, a result of some lessons learned. 
it seems like VMware, you know, started as this te infrastructure technology provider, um, tried to kind of branch out into the service provider territory, then pulled back from there, and, and you guys are back to kind of the nuts and bolts. Um, that's kind of what it feels like to me, that, you know, you guys figured, this is what we're good at, this is what we're going to yeah. focus on. I think what we're good at is software, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So, um, and so returning our focus to building software and then working with partners who are, you know, experts at operating data centers and experts at operating those services. Um, and also who have, uh, if you think about sort of the capital investment required to go build out cloud infrastructure is very significant. Uh, so, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, these partnerships allow us to focus on what we're really good at and allow our partners to go focus on what they're really good at. Mm -hmm. So they, you know, great data center footprint, you know, they have great at operating data center infrastructure, and we provide the great software to go run that infrastructure and to provide the services to the customers. Mm -hmm. So would it be accurate to say that the main kind of obstacle to growing the cloud air um, as a infrastructure as a service uh, was the, the cost, the capital cost required to kind of maintain and keep growing this, yeah. uh, this uh, physical infrastructure? Yeah, no, you know, I wasn't uh, part of that team, so I, I'm not, I don't know all the, all the you know, statements there, but you know, vCloud Air had, saw a lot of success. It was growing very well. Um, we had a lot of customers uh, who were using it for some very focused use cases, particularly things like disaster recovery, data center extension, right? Um, it was growing very well, but yeah, the reality is, yeah, the, the capital investments to go grow that are pretty significant. Uh, and so this allows us to go, uh, you know, the current strategy now allows us to go accelerate and expand much more rapidly than we possibly could building out our own data centers. Okay, John, that's all I have. That's all I have. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks I appreciate the time. time. Thanks for your time. This episode of the Data Center Podcast is brought to you by Data Center World, the global conference for data center facilities and IT professionals. Join industry colleagues in San Antonio from March 12th to March 15th, 2018 to discover solutions to real-world data center problems. Learn more at datacenterworld.com. Again, that's datacenterworld.com. <laughs>